I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 569 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very inspirational dad joining me on the podcast today. J.R. Martinez is a veteran of the United States Army who was severely wounded in Iraq during the Iraq War. He was driving a Humvee when the left front tire hit an IED. The resulting explosion left Jr. with burns to more than 34% of his body. Jr. spent almost three years in the hospital, underwent more than 30 plastic surgeries and skin grafts. Uh, but even that could not stop this American hero from becoming successful. In 2008, Jr. was cast in ABC's daytime drama, All My Children. He's also appeared in Safe and several other hit TV shows. And despite having to relearn how to walk, Jr. competed on and won Dancing with the Stars Season 13. JR is a motivational speaker, a first-class father all the way. I'm absolutely honored to have him on the podcast today. JR Martinez will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with JR Martinez was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the veteran and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and JR Martinez is the final military dad to join me on the podcast here in 2021, a year in which I have been blessed to be joined by so many American heroes, military dads on the podcast, including Rob O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden. He returned for a second interview on the podcast. Former Navy flyer, now NASA astronaut Victor Glover stopped by, General Keith Kellogg, Navy SEALs Jack Carr and Mike Ritland, and so many other military dads. I encourage you to go through the archives of the podcast here and check out all the amazing dads that have stopped by from the Army, Navy, Air Force. Uh, it really has been a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak to so many warriors. So I encourage you to go back, check them all out. I got to say uh, thank you to all of you dads out there who have served our nation. Uh, I really do my best to reach out to as many military dads as I can here. I think it's important to hear the stories of those who have served our country. We really wouldn't stand a chance in this world without you guys. So I just want to say to all you guys that are listening, that are veterans or currently serving, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, what, you, what you are all about does not go unnoticed and unappreciated by my family. I can assure you that. Be sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace. Only two more episodes coming your way in 2021 before I shut it down for the new year. So go find out who will be joining me here to close it out. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating and review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with J.R. Martinez. I'm Alec Lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the my pillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands down product, is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, 
all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, J.R. Martinez. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so let's jump right into it here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have, well, I would normally say four, but there's going to be a lot of people listening right now that be like, wait a minute. I thought he had two. Well, I have two fur ones too, and I really consider them to be my kids. But I have two human. I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I have a four-month-old son. So I'm starting this thing all over again, man. Um, and it's so true that when they say you kind of forget, right? And uh, you know what the process was like, but um, you know, we let me tell you this. So our nine-year-old is a, is a we have a daughter, and then our son is four months old. Four months old. But before our son was born, my wife and I were like, maybe we'll go after another one. Yeah, maybe we'll have. We're good. We're good. We're good. Like so you're not going to you're not going to du- try to break the tie. No, 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 no. We're good. Like I can have her, I, you know, we each can have a hand on one of them. And uh, because, and more than likely the way it's going to work, we can already see it, even though he's only four months old, that my wife and I both will have hands on the son. Our daughter is like so mature and such an adult that she's going to be like fine and functioning and doing her thing. We're both going to have to be all hands on deck with this guy uh, because he is such a happy baby. But, you know, he needs a little bit of work. He needs a little bit more work than our daughter needed. <laughs> I would imagine so. All right. Sounds like it. If you could, Jr., please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So I this big story about me is I served in the military. I was I was uh, deployed to Iraq in early 2003 during the invasion. I was injured overseas in Iraq. I came back at the age of 19 years old, um, essentially had experienced burns to over 34 percent of my body and had to get out of the military. I was not allowed to stay in, Um, was able to somewhat piece it together. Although the physical recovery was challenging, it was more of the mental, the emotional recovery that was incredibly challenging for me. But I was able to go into this space of becoming a speaker, getting into the philanthropy space and helping veterans and being an advocate on behalf of veterans and their family members. And then I got into the entertainment space and I got on all my children. And then from that, it led to going on Dancing with the Stars. And um, and then I've had the opportunity to write a book and and travel all over the country, all over the world uh, to, to talk about life and my story and my experiences. And um, it's been a blessing, man. But right now I'm, I'm a I still am a speaker, but I'm doing um, I'm going to college right now and just kind of just furthering my education and, you know, just focus on the family. Well said. Yeah. Well, your success is well deserved and your voice is definitely needed right now, too. So uh, props to you. Right, and thank you for you. your service, of course. I appreciate and, that. man. And so you said nine years old, your daughter then. So about how old were you then when you first became a dad? And how did that experience change your perspective on <sighs> life? I was 28 years old when our uh, when my daughter was born. And I could tell you one of the biggest lessons, the early lessons my daughter taught me was I, you know, even though I really talked about being present, you know, um, I think one of the biggest first indicators where I realized time, I mean, how it flies by, especially with an infant 
is when my daughter was a was a baby, I would I was so busy. I would I would be on the road for two weeks at a time and bouncing around for two weeks. And then I'd come home and the baby that I left two weeks ago was completely different. Uh, and, and I just re- remember realizing like, oh, my God. I have to enjoy this time that I have with her because it's going to fly by so fast. And so every time that I started to be with her, I would put my phone down, right? I would tell everybody, hey, listen, I'm going to be, you know, MIA for the next few hours while before she has to go to bed or whatever the case may be or wherever my next commitment was. And that was one of the first things that it taught me, you know, she taught me was be present. And that's something that I still do with her today. I mean, even though she's nine years old, when she's talking, I'm like looking at her. I put down my phone. I make an effort to like not be engaged in nothing else and just really listen to her and have conversation with her. And, um, you know, it was was one of those important lessons for me in life because I had, even though I understood that this moment was valuable, I'd kind of got sucked into the pressures of you got to you know, do X amount of events a year. You got to do, you got to make X amount of money a year. You got to take this, 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 this on. And I just sort of kind of got away from like, Hey man, less is more. And I just got caught up in this more, um, mindset, but in many cases it's less. And so she taught me to slow down a little bit and make time for yourself and be present. Yeah. Great stuff, JR. And one of the many reasons why I, I love, you know, the men and women of our military and I bring so many dads from the service on here is because I can't even, it's unimaginable to me uh, for so many of these guys that are away overseas for a year and they miss out on that time. And like you said, yeah. just for a couple of days, you can come back and there's so yeah. many different changes. So uh, I, I can't even imagine, begin to imagine what that's like for them. Yeah. I've had, I've had, I've had moments. I remember about two years ago. So my daughter was seven years old. Um, I was getting ready to uh, leave on a trip and um, I remember uh, pulling out of the driveway and I saw my daughter standing on the stairs and she's waving at me. She's waving by. And dude, I just started bawling. I just started bawling as I was driving away. And then I stopped and I thought about all those service members, all those individuals that have children at home, young children, especially, and having to leave them for a deployment for or for training for extended period of time. And I just thought it's it just one of those perspective moments where I just really appreciated our military for for the sacrifices and putting themselves and their families through that experience. And it made me kind of feel like, well, hell, if they can do it, I think I can I can muster up the courage to just kind of manage for a few days. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Because like I said, I'll work on the, I work for the railroad and I'll go on like a 16 hour uh, shift and, I, and I'll get that way. And it's like, yeah. here it is. Then I can put it in perspective. I'm like, you know what? I know I'm coming home tonight. You know what I mean? When this is right. over, I know I'm going to be home. There, there ain't no grave danger. I'm putting myself in like these guys are doing as well. So, uh, it, it, listen, I, I don't think we'd stand the chance in this world without you guys. So, uh, that's yeah. why I'm always, oh, thank you, always fortunate for it. So let me ask you this. You have a four month old. So that means you had the, your, your, your child during this pandemic, uh, thing that's been going on. What was the differences between having your child now, as opposed to having your daughter, were you able to go to all the appointments, be in the room, any kind complications whatsoever with that yeah so i was lucky enough to where i was able to be at the hospital i was i'm able to go to the uh to the appointments and do it i think the biggest challenge for us having a baby during the pandemic is you know how much you allow your you know other people to come into the your space and to hold your baby and want to see your baby you know every we got friends we got family members that are so eager to hold him and 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 to love up on him but then we're you know we're right protective because even though my wife is vaccinated we're like 
you know, how much of the antibodies are getting into him through nursing. And, you know, there's just all, I mean, COVID is just this weird thing that nobody really understands. You know, we just know it's a thing. We know it's still lingering. We just don't necessarily understand how it affects and who it affects. And so we're just, you know, being very cautious of, okay, let's sort of isolate him. And, and in turn, what that means is we sort of isolate ourselves versus with our daughter, we were like, here's the world. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. We're going to expose you to this. Everybody was holding her. I remember when she was born, you know, um, my mother-in-law couldn't make it um, because it was my sister-in-law's 21st birthday. And I was, you know, I, I get it. It was very important to be there for that. So she flew in a couple of days later, but we had my mother there and one of my wife and I's bosses um, who had become a dear, dear friend. And yet there was, you know, there was what, one, two, three other people in the room. Um, yet with my son, it was like only the father, that's it. My daughter couldn't even make it into the room to come and hold him and see him. Like we're standing out on the window, like, you know, literally holding him up in the window and she's like right there underneath the window, waving and looking at him. I mean, FaceTiming was the closest she can get to him and to see features. So it it was, it's created its own challenges, man. Um, for sure. Where we're like, man, this, you know, listen, this this is one of those things that we don't like about it, where it's separating us from the people that we would want to be around right now. Yeah, and I, and I think it went both ways, too, with births and with deaths, because we've seen a lot of families that had to bury loved ones. They weren't even allowed to be right. in the room when they died. They could they could only yeah. have a few people at the funeral. So exactly uh, I mean, just just, as, you know, some of the things you don't think about unless they are affecting you, you know. So that's why, exactly. uh, you know, you went through it there with having the child. So how is your daughter taking to be in the big sister? How has that oh. been, been suiting her? Oh my God, man. I mean, she cried when we told her that, you know, we were expecting, um, she cried when, cause she secretly wanted a brother and she cried when we, cause we, we, we didn't find out the sex. We didn't find out the sex until he was actually born. There's a video I have of where the doctor, you know, holds him up. You hear crying. She holds him up. She's like, all right, Jerry, you can look. And I remember looking and I was like, for a second, you know, there's a lot to kind of, you know, process and work <laughs> through. And, and I just remember just kind of like in the video, I'm kind of doing this dodging thing and really trying to make sure what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing. And then I was like, it's a boy. And um, so when we FaceTimed our daughter and we were like, and we had two names picked out, right? Boy, girl, a boy name and a girl name. And when we said, meet leo i mean she started you know choking up you can see little tears in her eyes but man she has been an incredible big sister and we just always wants to hold them she gets up in the morning get ready to take her to school and she's up she's 15 20 minutes early and she's like can i he's awake because he's nursing and she's like can i hold him and before i go to school i mean she is I, we couldn't have asked for a better big sister and i told my wife jokingly i was like if this dude ever ever if I ever hear him say to his sister, I hate you, you're the worst, I'm going to snatch him up, man. I'm going <laughs> to snatch him up because he has no idea how lucky he is to have her as his big sister because she's going to look after him, and she already does. I mean, she said to my wife the other day, she said, um, she said, Mommy, you know, like, remember when you, when, when, what you and Daddy said that after I was born, how um, – how you love something so much. And, and he was, and she was like, yeah. And she was like, I understand. I understand it now. And it's just like one of those moments where you're like, you could, I mean, that as a parent, man, that's what you want. That's what you hope for, for your, your children to get along and to love each other in that capacity. Um, And we didn't have to do much, man. We're blessed with a great kid.
Yeah, that, that's awesome. I got four kids myself, and I can use a little bit of that love between my uh, <laughs> my oldest son and my youngest son. I can tell you that. So uh, we're trying to find that uh, that balance right there. But what did, I got to ask? What, what is your What does your daughter think? Uh, you know, from watching the. You know, I don't know. If, what year did you win the Dancing with the Stars? Was she around when uh, that happened, or no? No. So my wife was pregnant with her, okay. and so so now she's at the stage now where people will come up to us. I mean, this is a few years ago. People would come up to us when she was four or five years old and they would you know say oh i saw you on the show and so she started watching it but now being nine years old she's ever ever more present so she's like she has these moments where she i catch her you know watching stuff on her phone she's watching my routines and when i was on dancing <laughs> with the stars um and so it's it's pretty surreal because it's like i was on it when i that video you're watching when i was doing that you were in mommy's belly and now you're here watching it it's one of those moments, right? And so, um, but for her, it, it's it's one of those things that it's 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 surreal because it it really, I mean, and even for me, sometimes now it feels like it was another life when I competed on that show. Which it, and, I mean, ten years ago, I tell you what, if people ask me right now, would you go on that show if they did like an All Star season? And I said, yeah, I totally would. However, the results are going to be completely different. It's going to look completely <laughs> different now because I don't know about you, man, but I'm only 38 years old. But 28 to 38, that's a big jump. And physically, my body is in a very different place. Like my back is hurting right now and I'm just sitting here. I didn't even do anything. I'm just like literally swiveling in this chair and my back is hurting right now. <laughs> so it, it would be a different experience. Well, I'll tell you what, I've, I've had a lot of dads on the show that have competed on Dancing with the Stars. I've had Donnie Osmond on here that's won the yeah. show before. I had Maxim Chimerkovsky, who was one of the professional dancers. Answer. So mm -hmm. everybody that I've talked to has really, really enjoyed their experience with the show. Is that the is that what happened with you? What was your experience life, uh, oh, like? Oh man, I loved it. I loved it. I think I think you know, um, for for me, one of the biggest things that I think gave me a little bit. There's two things that I believe gave me an advantage. One, I was in I was I was in in shape when I before I went on the show. I was in, I was in decent shape, so I could put in a certain amount of hours of rehearsal, and I didn't I would I didn't feel winded. I was like, okay, I'm good. And so it gave me an advantage to where instead of me having to be like, oh, I got to take a day off or take a few hours off. I was like, no, let's keep going. Let me, let me, let me learn the routine. Let me, I'll come back tomorrow. We're going to rehearse again. Right. Um, so that was one advantage. The second advantage I think it really gave me was as a male contestant, you go on that show, you're taken out of your space where you're, you're, you are an expert, right. And you go into a space that you're not the expert. And the pro dancer, in this case, the female, is the is the expert. And I had Karina Smirnoff, man. Let me tell you something about Karina. She is an exceptional dancer, but she's also tough as hell. And she <laughs> would, like, get the routine, come on, and whatever. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. But I was able to sort of relinquish that ego, that pride, that power struggle of, like, I don't need to be top dog. You're the top dog. You're teaching me. I'm here to learn. And I think that allowed me to have a very different experience. I also, I think what also gave me an advantage, I, you know, man, I, I, listen, I'm burned. My face is, 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 has scars on it. My body has scars on it. My head has scars on it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not too sensitive about people telling me something about myself, right? Like it just, you got to develop a little bit of a tough skin. Cause if you don't, then you're always going to be hiding because someone's always going to be looking at you or saying something. And so going on that show, when the judges would say, oh, you know, that didn't look that good. You, you know, you're, it's, it's like, you're not a professional dancer. And I'm like, oh no, sh like I, really <laughs> yeah. like I'm not, you're right. You know, versus like Donnie, Donnie's an entertainer, right? Like, so he sort of comes into it, even though he enjoyed it, but he comes into it possibly with a little bit of a, a sort of a thinking that 
I am an entertainer. I have a little bit of ability to dance. So if you tell me I'm not doing well, I'm going to take that a little bit more personal. I came into it with a clean slate. I'm like, yeah, surprise. I'm not a dancer. I knew that. You knew that. But I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to do better. And that's literally, I think, one of the advantages that it gave me over not only the other contestants that season, but I think if any contestant can sort of approach it that way, then I think you allow yourself to walk away at the end saying, oh, this was fun and I'll do it all over again. Yeah, well said, Jay. I'll tell you what, you got a lot of pressure on you now for that daddy-daughter dance when that shows up. Because oh, dude, you, you got to show up when that dude. happens. You can't be the champion of dance with the stars and, and be out there with the two-feet uh, shuffle. You got to come oh, up with dude. something. We, we, we start coming up with like, like, or I have my, my daughter's arms and I swing her around. So we're doing like lifts. We're doing all sorts of stuff. We choreograph before we go, before the night of, I mean, we start putting stuff together and then, you know, no one's watching though, because half the time my daughter's also like running off with their friends, you know? So it's more <laughs> just me hanging out with the dads in the back and be like, yeah, so how's work, man? So what's going on? Like, what, what are you been up to? Right. And then occasionally the kids come back around and they're like, okay, let's dance. Let's dance. You do a couple twirls here and there but no one's really paying attention they just care about can you do the baby shark uh, song can you do the chicken dance I mean, you know all the dancing stuff just goes out the window maybe <laughs> when she becomes a teenager maybe she'll care a little bit more but right now she's just like oh let's have fun being doing the chicken dance and let me run around with my friends that's what it is very cool and i know you mentioned there too about uh, having the scars on your face and on your body and be I, I did an interview a while back with jason Schechterly, uh who's another yeah. guy that was burned uh, very severely uh as a as a police officer. And yep. I was asking him about how that, like, I know cause kids, they could be very questionable about this stuff, especially if you see somebody with no arm or they see some kind of uh, scars. They even question it. Does that happen when you're out with your daughter? Do you get that from people like that? Like especially kids or any of her friends that say, Hey, what's going on with your dad here? And how do you kind of respond to that? Uh, well, there's, there's a couple different ways I respond to it. It depends on the child. Um, but my daughter definitely notices it. Um, you know, she'll have kids that go to her school and they'll ask her a question about what happened to your dad. Right. And she'll, you know, just kind of pridefully just say he served in the military and he was injured in the military. And they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Right. Like, especially like the young boys are like, that's cool. Um, you know, but I think, I think, you know, my approach to children is very different, right? Like I'll have a child that is staring at me and I had a kid one time coming up to me and said, you don't look normal. And I remember telling him, I was like, well, that's funny. Cause I was looking at you thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I look normal. I was like, no, you're not. I'm normal. He's like, no, I'm normal. And it's just like, it blew his mind. And so I use humor as a way to sort of debunk. I had a kid one time when my daughter was in Taekwondo around five years old. His name is Peter. He would always come up to me and he'd be like, what happened to your ear? Just like that callous, very, just very, what happened to your ear? And I was like, oh, Peter, I lost it. Can I borrow yours? And he'd be like, no, run away <laughs> laughing, right? And so I, I use humor as a way to sort of break down that awkwardness that children have and that curiosity. And let's kind of get to the root of where you can see me as a big jokester, a big kid, because that's essentially what I am. Um, and I'll, what I'll do is if I see kids that are staring at me, but aren't, you know, they're being polite, but they're staring at me, I purposely, depending on where I am, I'll purposely kind of walk over and be like, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? If they're doing something, I'm like, oh, so tell me about that. What's this? I'll immediately like, hey, let's take the attention off of what you're focusing on. Let's connect on a human level. And for me, it's all about hopefully equipping them that the next time they interact with somebody that is similar to me, that they don't have, they kind of removes that, that stage of like figuring it out. They can just kind of jump into like, oh, that's a person. Because I remember meeting this other person that looked a certain way and 
I realized that they're just a person too. Um, but there was that one instance where I remember there was a kid. He was like a little bit of like a, you know, I, I probably hate to say this, but I bet you the kid's a jerk right now. I think he's an adult now. Um, this was a few years ago. I bet you he's a jerk because I remember he was like screaming and yelling at the in a store with, with with his mom. And I'm standing there, just innocent bystander, just watching this kid. And he, and he looks at me like this. And I remember just looking at him and his mom turned away. And all I did was I looked at him and I went, Ruff! Like, I just barked at him. I don't know why. I just barked at him, man. And it freaked him out. He was just like, oh, all of a sudden he stopped being a little brat. And he stopped screaming and yelling in the store because now he was terrified. And I felt like I felt good about myself, man. But that doesn't happen a lot. I don't want people to think that I'm walking around barking at every kid that I come in contact with. It was only that kid because he was, he was a little bit of a work. He's a little bit of a work. <laughs> I'm sure that kid still tells that story today. Somewhere. Oh, I bet he does. I'm, 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 I wonder, I wonder if he saw, if he sees me on TV at any point, if he's like, that's the dude that barked at me. Right. Like, and nobody just, believes him, right? And I was like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid is scared of dogs. The kid is scared of like, he's scared of people with any sort of birds. He's terrified now, but yet I'm the one laughing my ass off over here. And the poor kid is traumatized. <laughs> well, t- tell me about the rebirth pod podcast here jr what's that all about and uh you know what kind of type of guests what do you talk about on the show and where can we find it yeah thank you so much man we're i think probably the simplest way of connecting with it is going to my website jrmartinez.com obviously there's like instagram at i am jr martinez and that's my handle across all channels but the rebirth podcast man i call it rebirth a lot of veterans refer to the day that they were injured as their alive day I call it my rebirth because i truly believe parts of me died on that day and other parts of me were born on that day but as Over the last 18 and a half years since I was injured, I've discovered that all of us experience rebirths, right? Not to the same capacity that maybe I've experienced, but nonetheless, we all have a phase of our life that dies, right? Whether it's a career that we were in for so long, all of a sudden now the business is no longer there. The title is not there. We switch to another job. Maybe we lose a child. Maybe we lose a spouse. We lose a family member. We were married for so many years and now all of a sudden we're divorced. Like, I mean, there's a lot of experiences that all of us have where we have to experience a rebirth and changes frequently happen, as you know. And, And so for me, I just wanted to really touch on What I got really uncomfortable with is after dancing, people would essentially kind of just almost, I don't want to say worship the ground I walked on, but sort of elevated me and put me on this pedestal of what I've overcome and what I've accomplished. And I always said to people, there's a lot of people out there that are doing incredible things that have overcome a lot more than I've overcome or even the same things that are doing kick-ass things. Why are you putting all the attention on me? And so the Rebirth Podcast is an opportunity to talk to people from all walks of life, whether they're just people in your community that are doing great things or celebrities or people you may recognize and just kind of touching on what was their rebirth. And then you start to find that it's these little small moments that they've experienced over the course of their life that sort of introduced them to, oh man, this is what I could be doing. Oh man, this is what I want to do. And so what that does is that sort of makes it relatable to everybody that's listening to say, Oh man, well, I had like a small moment like that too. Maybe I should pay attention to that because maybe it's given me a sign and direction that my life can too can be X, Y, and Z. So, it, man, it, honestly, it's a selfish way for me to have conversation with a variety of people and just learn so much from their life and hopefully apply some of that uh, to my life. 
Yeah, and much needed too. And I can relate myself to being a recovering alcoholic and an addict as well. There you so go. There was definitely uh, that moment for me, uh, you know, as well. And I did want to help you. I, I know that you, I did want to ask you about the way that you help veterans uh, with homes. I know you have Operation Finally Home. And I've, I've interviewed so many veterans, JR, and it's like, it's amazing the community of veterans that are helping one another. And I think yeah. it's so needed and it's awesome to see so many people stepping up. So what is the Operation Finally Home all about? Where can we find that? Well, listen, man, as you know, with a lot of the service members that you've spoken to, it's all about service. And for us, even though we're not in the uniform anymore, we're wearing a different uniform, we still want to figure out ways that we can actually kind of, you know, uh, implement and introduce service to a lot of people and, and still carry that out for ourselves because that's our purpose. And it's the reason we live. It's the reason we do what we do. Um, I, I, I've had the opportunity to hear Jason speak and, you know, even being a police officer, right? It's all about service. And even though if you if you can speak that's a form of service, right? And so um, for me, the opportunity to give back to the veteran space and to the family members, whether it's, you know, had working with Operation Finally Home or whether it's have worked with other organizations like Mission 22 or, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America that focus more on the legislative side of things and getting veterans their benefits that, you know, they're entitled to and they deserve and trying to get new things passed. Um, listen, I've paired up with all, I mean, Folds of Honor. I mean, you name it, the Travis Mannion Foundation, Lone Survivor Foundation. I'm working with a lot of different organizations. For me, all I care about is like, I look at your finances, making sure the money's going to the programs and not to some deep pocket somewhere else in some high office. And as long as you're focusing on the need that's out there, whether it's home, whether it's mental health, whether it's um, focusing on the brain, whether it's talking about family services, whatever it may be, that's what I want to support. And so you know, it's just, a, it's just it's a big part of my life. It's essentially um, philanthropy has been the indicator that has allowed me to tap into the potential of using my voice uh, to impact people. And so um, I, I just I hope people listening right now will say, man, I want to I want to I want to get I want to become a part of an organization. I want to support an organization. There are a lot of causes out there. I would tell you to just do some homework, look at people's finances. And if it taps into something that you're passionate about, I say just put your head down and just dive in because you're going to get so much more out of it than maybe what you intended to give to them. Yeah, I'm going to drop a link uh, in the description of this podcast episode to your podcast as well as the Operation Finally Home. And and one of the things Thank I think you, I do th I do think JR is that people are a little bit uh, cautious about giving their money to these organizations because they don't know yeah. where the money is going. And they've heard so many horror stories about the money going in other people's pockets yeah. instead of helping the people. So uh, that's why we yeah. need honest organizations because so many people need the help and we need to get it to them. So uh, props to you for that. Right, the, the last thing I want to hit you with here, JR, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of uh, advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? I, I would say um, just be present. And I would say uh, I'd say be present and I would say don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself with all this, you know, information that's out there. A lot of it's great and I get it. It's useful. It's helpful. But don't overwhelm yourself. Just be present. Listen to your child and listen to your own intuition. And, and we are more equipped and qualified to be parents than we think. And we just have a tendency at times to overwhelm ourselves with all this information of what to do, when not to do it, how to do it. And it's just like we end up overwhelming ourselves with so much information that we do nothing then. And so it's important for us to be like, yeah, pay attention, but just breathe. Take it easy. Be present and just listen to yourself and listen to your baby. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, J.R. Martinez, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time. Here hey, man, it was father. a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jr. Martinez for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Be sure you follow me over on Instagram because I will be announcing my final two guests uh, before I shut it down for the 2021 season here. I can't say how much I appreciate all your support out there. You guys really keep me going with all your emails and DMs. Please keep them coming, and I got some big things in store for 2022. So make sure you follow me on Instagram uh, to find out what's going on, at Alec underscore Lace. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Thank you.